Welcome to the One to Nine podcast for interesting insights and knowledge from animals and other beings within multidimensional realms. Hi, Diana. Hi, Karen. How are you doing today? Oh, actually, I'm quite a bit better. Oh. My cold is subsiding somewhat. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. So I hear today we're going to talk to more fairies. Yes, more fairies, the cat attendant fairies. The cat attendant fairies. And I just have a quick question about um, the art fairies. And they had said that I have... um, unbalanced energy in my house because I had other people's art in my back room and I've switched it out with some of my room, my own art pieces. And I'm just wondering what they're, what they're thinking about that. They're, they're saying it's a good start, but you need a couple more pieces, one or two more pieces in there. And would they prefer paintings or would they prefer photographs? Man, it doesn't, doesn't, actually paintings paintings that's what they're saying paintings yeah uh-huh. oh, the paintings okay yeah yeah because somehow the energy there is more dynamic it's a little more dynamic okay yes. awesome all right well I'll check back in it's like it. compound interest the energy <laughs> compounds okay i'll check back in on my next uh on the next podcast to see where at the back of my house is getting more and more balanced with the front end of my house <laughs> all right so the, on to the cat attendants. Yes, I think we ended last time with um, talking about their 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 costumes. Am I right? Yes, the yeah, little okay. A-line dresses. It, it's not really dressed because it's more like a jacket. Oh, okay. Okay, long sleeves jacket, button button down the front. Well, I wonder why it's important what they're wearing. I don't know. This is just really bizarre. <laughs> you know. Um, Although it does sound like something someone would wear that's an attendant, you know, maybe like a butler or something like that. I well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen butlers wearing anything like this. To me, it seems more like some kind of not not Native American or indigenous peoples, but I mean people from, from India. India. With a little high short collar. Yeah. Right. And um, they're not. I mean, the attendants are not necessarily wearing any pants underneath. Oh, they could be. Right? Are the attendants cats themselves, or are they? Oh no, no, no! They're fairies. They're okay, they're fairies. fairies. Oh, that's right. So, like, they're they're human fairies. I mean, human-looking fairies. Okay. Okay. Do they have wings? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, if they do, they'd be hidden underneath their their jackets. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I've never seen them fly around. They All just right. seem to be walking with the cats. Can they jump like the cats? Uh, I don't know. Again, uh, I guess they'd have to in order to keep up with them, you know. Or maybe at that point, because I have seen them riding on the cats, on the cats' backs. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe when cats are jumping around, that's how they they manage to keep up with them. Not by running or or beside them, but just by being, like, you know, riding. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I first noticed these when um, I was trying to look at my cat's chakras. And uh, I had a hard time just looking inside their bodies. And then the the cat attendants appeared and kind of like Vanna White on... on I don't know. I don't watch that show, but I... A game show. But anyway... There's going to be some people in the audience who don't know who Vanna White is, but you could Google her. Right. Okay. So, like... uh, 
somebody who, uh, a presenter who's kind of <laughs> revealing the answer. So, and this is what the answer is. So this is what the cat attendants will be doing. And this is um, the red chakra. And then this is the orange one. So that's what they were helping me see. They were helping me see inside the cat's bodies. That's how it started. Then I kind of like noticed that they're around more of the time. But with regards to what they actually did, I wasn't quite sure, you know, other than helping me see um, my cat's chakras. But anyway, I think maybe we should start talking to them and we'll get more information. Yep. Sounds like a good idea. So let me ask you, does each cat have their own cat attendant? Yes, yes. Each cat has their own cat attendant. and But somehow there's no difference in what they look like. You'd think they would kind of like look different. Well, maybe it's a cat attendant consciousness that just shows up in an individual form. Um, possibly. What but are they, they are but they are individual fairies. Well, you know. Okay. In a similar form. Mm-hmm. At least the form that I see. Other people may not see this see their forms quite like I see their forms. So what happens to the fairies when the cat crosses over? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Ask them. Yeah. Um, they're, they're saying they, they actually help them, you know, they're kind of like facilitators for that. And then the fairy just disappears or does a fairy? Well, yeah, kind of, because once you get to that point, the cats that have passed over don't really need them anymore. So then the fairies go off to their special area where they're reunited with various other fairies and then sent off to do various different things. So they don't depending on what they want to do. So they don't necessarily become a cat attendant again. No, but that's their specialty. Okay. Okay. So they could become cat attendants again, but if they wanted to, they could become other kinds of fairies. Okay. And when a kitten is born, is that when the attendant shows up or does it wait till it's done? No, that's when the attendant shows up. And this is actually kind of interesting. The attendant is 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 in the process of growing him or herself. I say him or herself because I don't really know if they're male or female. They could be just like some kind of in-between, mm-hmm. androgynous kind of attendant, right? Um, so they get their their baby attendants and they grow up with the, with the kitten. Um, and the baby ones are kind of like more playful. Oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> so the baby... Fairy cat tendons are bestowed upon a kitten and they have a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, they have a lot more fun, right? So does that kind of, like, what happens, like, a lot of times I feel like, like my cats, they tend to have a lot of fun till they're like three or four and then they kind of chill out and they're happy to sleep all the time. Well, see, that's when the attendants also grow up. <laughs> so <they're, laughs> they don't want to play so much. Well, if they're not playing, what do they want to do? Why not play your whole life? Well, I don't know. Maybe they get tired of it. I think they get tired of playing the same things. <laughs> um, playing cat games is boring, in other words. Yeah. Strings and little mice. Yeah. Maybe, okay. They're saying that... Hmm. They're saying that they would actually like it if they would be taught other things. Um, and they mean the cat attendants or the cats? The, the cat attendants, which of course is transferred onto the cats. I mean, they're they're in a more protective mode, the cat attendants. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like guardians. But they also want to ensure that the cats live like a happy and healthy life too. So... Uh, when the cat's growing up and it's not that playful anymore, the attendants, at least the ones I'm talking to, 
they're saying, hmm, maybe you should start thinking about kind of like doing something else with us, like um, communicating with us more on a more intellectual level. The cat uh, attendants or the cats? Both. Both. Yeah, okay. both. Because, I mean, whatever you're saying to the cat attendant is also you're saying that to the cat. I mean, I had not thought about this before. I had thought that perhaps like the cats I have, you know, their interests are not that diverse. They're interested in food. They're interested in mice. They're interested in the outdoors. They're interested in birds. And that's it. But that's only my opinion, right? But the cat attendants are saying that, well, maybe you should start thinking about actually communicating with your cats about things other than these basic basic things that you think your cats are interested in. Well, I have two cats, Ollie and Ellie. Sometimes you hear Ollie on the podcast or he's purring away. And Ellie, I'd be curious, Ellie is, um, seems to be very happy to be a cat, but she's a couple years younger than Ollie. Ollie is insistent that I have these more complex communications with him. He wants to go on walks in the morning with me. He's, um, you know, taps me every time he thinks I'm spending too much time doing something I shouldn't do. Or, you know, he's, he's very interactive and he really wants to go through the consciousness shifts I'm going through together. And I'm just wondering if the cat attendants can explain a little bit why there'd be such a difference in the two cats. And is there something specific um, that maybe the cat attendants could tell us on behalf of the cats? I mean, are they, is it easier to communicate with the cat attendants? And maybe I'm asking too many questions. Well, okay. I've In certain cases, I found it easier to communicate with the cat attendant. But you're talking about a difference between... The two cats. Are you talking about your two cats? I'm talking about my two cats, but maybe that could be extrapolated to any cats. Okay. And so you're saying Ollie seems to be more a, a capability greater than what I see as so like my cats, you know, who basically are interested in these cat-like things. And I don't think they're interested in anything else. But... Uh, and the difference you see between Ollie and Ellie is, is Ellie more like my cats or what I think my cats are? She seems to be very happy being a cat um, and doing cat things, um, obsessing over a string, chasing a little stuffed mouse around the house, catching a bird. Maybe it's because she's young. Um, although she does come and sit with me every time I meditate. So I'm wondering if she's sensitive to that energy but yes i was wondering if we could maybe even ask ollie's cat attendant you know what is his expectations ollie's expectations or the cat attendant's expectations um well i was probably one and the same but does ollie want ollie wants more communication from me more interaction in my life and then conversely to ask Ellie's attendant, you know, does she just have fun doing what she wants or does she have a higher goal that I'm not addressing? Hmm. Okay. So I guess two a question would be posed to both of them. Right. So, okay. Um, Ollie's attendant is saying, well, yeah, you know, you could, you could interact with him further even, you know, 
because it seems like he wants to have some kind of purpose. You know, this is what the intendant's saying. He wants to have some kind of purpose in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whatever you can think of to uh, to think of things that he can do. Um, like the laundry? <laughs> I mean, I don't have any mice in my house. But I just, yeah. I mean, I guess he can, I guess he's talking about on somewhat of a spiritual level, not like chores around the house. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're not talking about chores around the house. Unless you can find a little mini vacuum cleaner and so he can push it around. <laughs> or a little mini dust you know, a dust rag or whatever. He's not the greatest duster. Too clumsy. <laughs> oh. Okay. So he's talking about a spiritual level, on a spiritual level. Spiritual or emotional, but not necessarily so like mundane, mm-hmm. everyday tasks. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, that would enhance your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what Ollie's interested in. Now, Ellie's attendant, she's he's saying he she whatever is saying, Well, just let her let her play for a while. That's what she wants, you know. Time enough for other things, you know, when she grows up. And then she'll let you know what she wants to do. Now, Ellie and Ollie used to play together a lot more than they do now. And sometimes that makes me really happy. Does that count if Ollie played with Ellie more? Um, would that help? Would that help him achieve his goal? Yeah. No, it makes me really happy when they do that. Um, only if it makes him happy at the same time. Because uh-huh. <laughs> okay. he's not going to be doing something that only makes you happy. Okay? Well, I would assume playing with Ellie would make him happy. He's the one that asked for Ellie. Well, yeah, there may be times when playing with her would not make him happy. So Okay. Um, I have a whole other set of questions um, for cat attendants in general. If a cat is not feeling well, does the cat attendant, can the cat attendant be helping facilitate healing? Like, for instance, Ollie has sort of like an asthma condition. And uh, can the cat attendant, like, assist in that? Does it assist in wellness or is it just... I'm, I guess I'm still not sure what the cat attendants do for the cats. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you said they protect them, but there's a whole lot of cats that get killed still. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a whole lot of people that get killed too. <laughs> well, a whole lot true. of other animals get killed also. Um, uh, yeah. So they're saying that, yes, ideally, this is one of the things they would like to be doing. Okay. But... Um, it's dependent upon a host of host of things. Um, you can, they can't do everything themselves. See, if a cat is, if their cat is is ill, right? They cannot go ahead and so like heal it, heal the cat on their own. Um, they need they need lots and lots and lots of help and direction, you know. Um, and that would generally come from. Me, like a cat, what do you call us? What are we supposed to be called? Like the cat owners, cat masters, cat cat uh, servants? <laughs> oh, okay. I think, you know, I mean, for sure they'd like to be calling us their servants. Um, employees, how's that? A cat employee where I pay to be <laughs> your employee? That sounds like, I don't know, some kind of education Penalty thing that forever and ever. 
Um, no, it's not the same as that. You, you actually pay out of your pocket quite a bit of money sometimes. So for what? For it, what? To serve a cat. Oh, of course. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> but they're here to serve us. Well, no, they don't. Not really. That's a misnomer? Yes, it is. And it, it's more we... of a symbiotic relationship. Okay. It's not, it's not one serving the other, you know, more than both, both are serving each other. Okay. Like I said, symbiotic. But the money always flows one way. <laughs> Unless... No, forget about the money. Forget about the money. <laughs> they don't think in terms of money. Of course they don't. No. Um, it's their luxury. So would it be possible to ask a direct question to a cat attendant and get an answer on behalf of the cat? Like, they're, are they communication facilitators or not? Oh, yes. Yeah. If, if you ask them to do that, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. All right. Between cats um, uh, and between cats and their guardians, for lack of a better word, you know. So if I ask my cat attendant for Ollie, you know, is there anything you want the cat attendant for Ellie to know? I would have to actually ask that in order for that communication to happen or they just communicate automatically. Okay. So what exactly is the question you're, you're asking? Do you have to ask the cat attendant to, to tell you something to, about Ollie? Um, or will the cat attendant tell you? Well, you, okay. If you want, if you want constant information, okay. Mm-hmm. About anything that's changing with, with your cat, then you have to set this up as such with the cat attendant and the cat too. Okay. Cause you can get communication from both of them. The cat and the cat attendant. Now, sometimes you'll conflicting information also, at which point you'll have to decide who it is to believe. There's that whole discernment thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So cat attendant fairy. um, But here's the thing. Okay. I'd rather believe the cat attendant than the cat. Okay. Because the cat may be trying not intentionally to fool you, but or or maybe intentionally also to fool you just because you know they like playing tricks okay <laughs> oh my goodness so is there anything any message from ollie to the cat attendant to me right now no no ollie's saying it's like whatever he has to say he he just communicates directly to you okay and, okay. It's, and he's not fooling me right now <laughs> well i don't know he could be <laughs> what about ellie she doesn't have a message other than just leave her alone, let her play. So she's happy. She's happy. And um, so this is all cats everywhere in the world, right? Um, I believe so. And is it house cats that we're talking about or is it? Oh, no, it's all cats, right? The feral cats. The lions and tigers. Well, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. So we're talking mostly like the domesticated. This, the small, small mm-hmm. I think size has got a great deal to do with this. Okay. And um, what about, would you like to talk to the attendants of your cat fairies? I mean, your cats? Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're the ones that are actually telling me that I should be communicating on a higher level with my cats. I shouldn't be just assuming that that they're satisfied with their with their, you know, what I'm calling cat activities. Mm -hmm. You know, they want more. Yeah. 
Um, Diana has three cats. I only have two. Well, yeah, okay. The third one is a new cat, right? And um, yeah, she's got a cat attendant also. But I, and what I'm going to be working on now through the cat attendants too is to have a harmonious relationship between all the cats in my household. Um, and um, they're, the cat attendants are telling me that, yeah, you know, they're they're working hard to bring this about. Um, but it's kind of like, um, what's the word for it? When you're roping in, when you're corralling, corralling cats. Oh, herding cats. Herding cats, right? Yeah, herding yeah. cats. Okay. So, um, but the cat attendants that are presently now with this with these cats they get along with each other okay um and they want the cats to get along too so um like i said they're going to be working hard to make that happen all right awesome yeah now what about dogs i mean i don't want to throw this us into a curve but the dogs have attendance too um yeah, it looks like they do. Similar, similar kinds. Um, they've got so like a different costume on. I can't tell you what it is at the moment, but I just know it's different. It's not like the cat attendant costume. Mm -hmm. But their function there is is kind of like similar. Very They're, good. Is there a um, collective consciousness between the cat cat um, fairies that? has a message for us? Um, yeah, they do have a collective consciousness because they're not really individuals. Just like the, the art fairies, they, they don't have individual names. The um, Wait, I thought they were like named after the cat that they're... Yes, exactly. They're right. named after the cat. Individual names apart from the cat. Mm -hmm. um, because they're they're closely tied to the, to the cat. And um, so, so once... Their, their their role disappears in, in that the cat passes on. Um, they they kind of like merge back into uh, a collective state of being until they're assigned a new a new job mm -hmm. or a new role. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a cat attendant. But do they have a global message for us, or a, you know, just like what is it that they would like us to know about cats, or is that not? something that they think of. Oh, they want us to know that just like with all other animals, we should be treating cats with as, as sort of like entities that have consciousnesses. Um, and they're not just sort of like play, play things for us. Mm -hmm. We don't own them. They've got their own minds and their own their own lives to live and their own experiences. Well, anybody knows a cat kind of can see that. Yeah, but they're saying all animals are like this. Yeah. So the cat attendant, you know, we should be conscious of that, of all animals. Um, yeah, even those, the ones that we eat for food. Like the fishes in the sea? Oh, uh, well, yeah, fishes in the sea and, and various other animals. Does that, that kind of... This question may be really random, but is there a reason why most of the world has agreed not to eat cats? Um, do the fairies do the fairies have that answer? Or is that for a different? Um, well, okay, so they're saying that the the basic reason that most of the world has agreed not to eat cats is because humans find them useful. You know. Um, did you hear that, Ollie? <laughs> we find you useful. Yeah, in terms of killing rats and mice, 
um, to make our food supply, the human food supply, um, what more sanitary. That's a pretty basic use. What about and then companionship? Companionship. Yeah. So and bringing. So the I read once about the consciousness or the vibration of a pet really adding to your life. Like we talked in the last podcast about the energy of the art adding to your life in the room and a cat vibration or a dog really could apply to any pet, but a cat or a dog, when a cat's purring or a dog is wagging its tail, it's, it's in a very high vibrating state. And so beyond the mice and companionship, they actually can possibly lift the energy of a household it's my understanding and i wonder if the fairies could speak to that oh yeah definitely i mean they <clears throat> but it's it's kind of like they they can't make any blanket statements about this because it's basically between it's very it's very individual and personal in terms of how one cat um the relationship of one cat to one or or two humans okay uh, it could uh, within the same household it could be completely different one cat could have a different relationship to one person in that household. That same cat could have a completely different relationship to another person in that household. So it could lift the energy of one and not even affect the other one. Right. Or even bring it down. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's that's all they can say about that because they're just because it's so individualistic. Um, and it could be because also, uh, you know, Cats and, and the humans that they relate to have been in past lives together, you know. I mean, they don't necessarily remember it, um, but at some level they do, you know. So, I mean, like my husband, um, we had um, a brother-sister cat, and the sister cat passed away last year. And my husband and this, the cat that passed away, whose name was Gremlin, um, they had a, like, kind of incredible relationship um, it's like this I mean I didn't have that same relationship with Kreplin. Um and it's like on some level they were like really spiritually connected um, and I don't okay I guess the, the, Gremlin's cat attendant is gone because Gremlin is, has passed away. But I mean I guess I could ask her right uh, with respect to what kind of relationship she had with my husband previously. Yeah, sure. But that's but that's kind of like another. Oh, another thing. Another thing. I'd have to do something else. Not just, okay. Uh, Back to the fairies, the cat, yeah, cat yeah. attendant fairies. Yeah. Is there anything else the cat attendant fairies would like us to know about them that we haven't covered yet? Well, in that they're you know they may appear kind of staid. And kind of like, um, what's the word for it? Um, not very sociable. Because um, they're not, they, they don't really talk all that much. The cats are the cat attendants. The cat attendants, mm -hmm. even amongst themselves, right? Um, or, or to us. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so they don't want us to think that they're, they're like not fun or not sociable or not caring. But they are really, you know... But that's just the nature of them and the nature of their role is that they're there for their cats to to protect them, to facilitate communication and to ensure their happiness and health, which they try to do to their utmost capabilities. So what happens? Like I've had a number of cats over the years that have actually gotten run over. <laughs> 
And I've gotten to the point where I really don't let the cats outside anymore. I finally have just given up. Even though Ollie and Allie love a little time in the backyard in the, in the uh, morning times, how does that happen where the cat attendants let them run out into the street? Well, you see, this, this, is, this is the thing. The cat attendants need lots of help in that they cannot really stop a cat from doing what the cat wants to do, okay? Um, they don't have that capability, you know? Um, they don't even have a capability, unless they're kind of like really, really evolved, of sending any kind of message to the cat guardian saying, oh, you know, better watch out. You know, your cat's wandering around in the street you know, they may get hit by a car. Um, so what the cat attendants are hoping is that this kind of like network of, I was going to say almost constant communication is there between them and the cat guardians to ensure that, you know, the cats don't do anything stupid and that they get, you know, that cats are really good at hiding their illnesses, mm-hmm. you know. So um, cats attendants are try to give the guardians or like little hints of what's going on if there's something going on with the cat okay interesting do the um cat attendant fairies know the cat diva um they know of her just not not by not personally right they know there's like like oh there's the cat diva god okay so um Ah, what are they saying? They're saying that it doesn't really have that much... The cat diva doesn't really have that much relevance to what they do every day. Yeah, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to think I'm going to ask my cat attendants and also the cats what kinds of things they feel they should be doing here. I mean, do they have specific roles to play that aren't being fulfilled yet? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm kind of like reminded of um, a cat, uh, no, no, not a cat, a dog that the animal communicator I have worked with um, has and who who had passed on. And um, apparently, you know, in, in, in this dog afterlife her dog is has the role of so like um, showing newcomers the ropes instructing them on guiding them on what to do after they've passed on so yeah that that's the dog's role now but it's a but the dog has passed on so the dog has passed on yes Mm mm-hmm so he's working with other animals that have passed on. So do you want to ask your cats right now? Can you ask them right now, or do you have to ask them later? Cats and cat um, fairies. Or I cat think I'm going to ask them later. Okay. Oh, we'll need a report back. Because yeah. it's rather an involved question, because I don't think they've ever asked this of themselves before. Um, well, that's the beginning, I guess, of uh, a more complex life is just having the opportunity to ask, well, what would I do given the facilitation to do that? Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, the cat attendants, though, they do interact with um, the plant fairies and the, the outdoor fairies, at least the ones in my house and backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, I mean, they're, they're pointing out 
so like plants for my cats to eat. Mm-hmm. And um, the plant fairies are, or the cat. The, the plant fairies are mm-hmm. right. Um, and um, I think sometimes maybe they play tricks on them, saying they should maybe eat a certain plant, which causes them to throw up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Does that happen in my house? Because I got several plants here that. Allie in particular likes to eat and then throw up. <laughs> well, okay, this is the thing. There's a difference in attitude between the, the, the cat attendants and the plant fairies. Cat attendants would never, ever, ever do that to their cats. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't point them to plants to eat just to see them throw up. But plant fairies would do that. I see. I see. <laughs> Not that they're mean. They're just being play- playful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a question about the plant fairies. Are they in all indoor plants or just in your house? And Well, this is hard to say because basically I just see them on one plant in my house. Oh, okay. Which is the big plant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, they're, they're climbing around hiding behind the leaves and stuff like that. What kind of plant is it? Um, I don't know. Well, like a fern or a... No, it's not a fern. And the leaves are not, like, long and narrow. The leaves are kind of, like... Um, heart-shaped? Heart-shaped and medium-sized, mm-hmm. you know. And it, the, the plant is quite big, so there's plenty of room for these fairies to go climbing around and sitting on the leaves and stuff like that. They, they like doing that. Um, Do I have plant fairies on my lemon tree over there? Um... Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. I wonder well, they're, they're much smaller. They're seems actually about two or three inches high. It seems like I have smaller fairies in general in my house. Uh, yeah. I mean, the repellers were smaller because because of all their activity. Mm-hmm. What about my fern upstairs? I have a big, huge fern. Are there fairies in that? Um, seems like a great place to hide. Yeah, there are. Um, and they're similar to the ones, the smaller ones here, except they're a little bit bigger. A little bit taller. Mm-hmm. Okay. So fairies can be very specific in size to the plant that they're. Yes. In, but they could be the same kind of fairy, mm-hmm. right? Um, in that, but and the only difference is their size. About how many fairies are there? Plant fairies or just no, fairies no, no, no fairies like in that lemon tree over there. Oh, I don't know. I was going to say maybe like twenty. Wow, that's a lot. I know, isn't it? Yeah. That's a lot of fairies. And they're just hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they... Now, that tree, that particular tree goes inside in the winter and outside in the summer. So are they happy about that? Oh, they love that. Yeah, they don't like being cold, really. Uh, so they're happy to come in in the winter? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. What about this uh, palm tree? Um, yeah, they, they, yes, there's some there, too. Not as many. Okay. Maybe like, it's going to say five or six. All right. It's a little bit small right now because I cut some leaves, off, quite a few leaves off of it recently. Yeah. Um, I think some of the fairies have gotten a little bit disgusted with me because some of my indoor plants, I don't, I don't water all that much. Oh, so they like healthier plants? Well, yeah, of course they like healthier plants, you know? Yeah. And since... Their their role is kind of like the cat attendant role in that they're there to 
ensure the well-being of the plant, right? Um, to protect the plant. Now, do they do that energetically? Yeah, they make the person who's not taking care of the plant feel bad. <laughs> Though the guilt pangs <laughs> of not watering your plants on time comes from the fairies? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, they wish they could do more. Like, it's something physical, actually, but they can't, like, make you trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Or <please>. hit you. <laughs> <laughs> Pop you on the head, say yeah. water, water this dang plant. Right. I mean, they could kind of in that they could sort of like make a smaller thing move that would mm-hmm. hit a larger thing that would then hit you. But That's, they don't like to do that. Yeah. Good. So they're generally nice fairies. Yeah, but like I said, their 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 role in their for their for their lifetimes and the plant's lifetime is to actually help the plant. Now, do they hop off and get onto another house plant when that plant um, dies? Um, yeah, it's kind of like with the cat attendant fairies. They go back to the whatever Very virtual collective. virtual area which has the the plant fairy collective consciousness in there. And then they're kind of like reassigned. Mm-hmm. Now, are there some environments in homes that fairies are even happier in? Oh, yeah. They love homes, which are kind of like have a greenhouse-like quality to them. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in that, you know, all the plants are well cared for. The humidity is great. I mean, whatever the plant needs is there. That's their dream. That's their dream home. So if I or anyone had a greenhouse, the fairies would be Oh, they'd everywhere. be overjoyed. Yeah, they, but there'd be just tons of them. Um, not necessarily tons of them. Because... Um, Every plant only has as many as many fairies as it needs to take care of it. But still, there'd be a lot, a lot of fairies because they'd be happy. They'd be happy, right? But if you go by my way of thinking, right? So, like, or my way of analyzing the number of fairies, you'd think that perhaps a plant that isn't doing well would have more fairies because it would need more fairies to take care of it. But <laughs> no, that's but... not really the, the case, mm-hmm. you know. Um, each plant comes with a set number of fairies and it doesn't really change over the course of the lifetime. Now we talked last week about the house fairies helping to keep the energy clean. Prevailing wisdom has it that plants help keep the air right. clear and clean in a house. So the plant fairies in some way be assisting that whole process? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So they work Definitely. together simultaneously with house they're, fairies? They're working together on exactly that. So that's that's one of the reasons they try to keep the plants healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why they kind of like get disgruntled when owners of the plants don't really give them the care they need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. So... I was thinking that your plant in your house might be a philodendron or something like a large split. No, no, I don't think it is because I'm pretty sure philodendrons are toxic to cats. Oh, and you only have plants in your house that cats can eat. Well, that are non-toxic. Right. Yeah. And so, um, which brings me to another point, which which the plant fairies want me to talk about. I'm, I'm not quite sure why, is that they think it's really important for... The plant fairies think it's really important for cats to eat um, grass. Okay, this is what it's really important. So either you you pick grass from outside or let your cats outside to eat grass or grow grass for them. Is there a particular kind of grass? Um, Yeah, well, grass has not been treated with any fertilizers. That would not be good. That's not a type of grass. No, it's not a type of grass. 
um, they're they're saying, well, you know, just what we think of as regular grass. All right, that's fine. It's probably a lot you know. of varieties. Although, although I do buy, I, I I do buy oat grass and wheat grass, mm-hmm. and that doesn't quite look like the regular grass that you see growing on, you know, your lawn or in your backyard or on the on the green spaces by the sidewalk. But are the plant gra- plant fairies saying that that's the best grass to, I mean, that's a good grass for the cats? No, they're saying all grass is good. Okay, all grass is yeah, good. Yeah, all grass is good. And they work, I mean, they're, they're really insistent upon this, that, and they want the cat attendants to know that, yeah, cats should be eating grass. All right. Um, I do that for my cats. I go out and pick some nice weedy grass from the alley, bring it in. They have a blast with it down. Yes, yes. <laughs> but not year-round, but you can actually find little sprays of grass growing pretty early and pretty almost year-round out there. Right. But um, I guess some areas would be easier than others. In fact, I notice sometimes that the grass in wintertime up in the northern areas of the United States can be very, very green. So you probably can go out and just grab some and feed it to them. Lawn grass and stuff. In in, in places where it's below freezing? Well, um, grass... Uh, I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, and our grass there would sometimes get covered by snow. But when the snow melted, it was green as could be. So, yes... You could access it year-round if you were called to do so. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so that was my experience. In the South, it seems like it's a little different types of grass they plant, and they can get scorched out by the sun and and destroyed by the winter. But even even so, you can you can find green green grass on the weeds <laughs> in the weeds year-round down mm-hmm. here. Right. So that, that's one of the things that the plant fairies wanted to say. Okay. The importance of grass. Now, are the plant fairies inside the same as the plant fairies outside? They're cousins. They're cousins. Yeah. And are garden fairies their cousins as well then? Uh, yes. Yes. They're cousins. They're all cousins. They're all cousins? They're all one big family. So and um, the backyard and the front yards, if they have trees in them, they have plant fairies. Oh, there's tree fairies too, you know. Tree fairies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have like flowers, there's flower fairies. You know, they're probably, well, this could go on and on, right? <laughs> there's a lot of different kinds of fairies. That's right. That's right. There are. And they're saying that it's not necessarily, they're not necessarily different types of fairies, even though they're attached to different kind of like plant plant beings mm-hmm. um, they're they're all related but the main difference is their size uh-huh. oh their size changes with yeah, the plant that's right so you can have so like a plant fairy who is uh say uh um say okay so like a small fairy that's on your lemon tree there right mm-hmm. two or three inches high you know maybe one day this plant fairy thinks to her her him or herself Okay, I want to be something else. Um, and so they decide, okay, I'm going to be an outside fairy and I want to be a tree fairy. So they grow a little bit bigger and they go outside and become a tree fairy. Okay, do these plant fairies walk outside or do they have wings? Do they fly around? Oh, they fly around. Oh, they all have wings or capacity to No, fly. no, okay. They can walk around, but they also fly around too. Do they have wings or do they just fly around? Well, are you saying do they need wings to fly around? Yes, that's another way of phrasing it. Okay. Hmm, I don't know. Um, they're saying, okay, you 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 may see our wings or you may not. Mm. 
But whether or not you see them, it doesn't really matter because we can still fly. So when I'm taking pictures, a lot of times I use a macro lens. and I'm working with a lot of times with flowers, sometimes with just plants. And I feel like I'm taking pictures of fairy habitats and fairies, but they always show up as like little glowing spots of light or fuzzy spots, you know, it's like a blur. You capture a blur or a, you know, a special glow or something that looks like a portal, like there might be a fairy habitat down there. And that's what my camera captures. And I feel like that's what they are. And I'm just wondering, you know, when I'm photographing a plant and I capture something like that, is that a fairy or a fairy habitat? Yeah, they're, they're saying yes. In most cases, it is. So occasionally I get it wrong, but most of the time I get it right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what there's, okay, um, what they're saying is that whatever your camera captures, that's what you yourself are seeing. Um, is that what they're saying? Kind of, kind of what they're saying, right? Or they're also saying that the camera can only capture so much. Um, is it not multidimensional enough? Is that why, why it can only capture the light and the spaces? Cameras are designed for the 3D world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any any kind of camera-like apparatus that has been invented to capture things on a, on a more multidimensional level. Yeah. Well, they don't know that either. No. Well, there are cameras that claim to capture um, auras. Uh-huh, right. But again, that's just capturing energy, light and energy, not really... Um, yeah. Not really that much different than what I'm doing, but, but it is able to... But you also have to remember that whatever energy or that is in the the flower fairy, um, somehow it gets okay. It's not only reflected as as a uh, as what you what you were seeing on in your photographs, what you thought were fairies, but also the energy kind of like infuses the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So the energy infuses the picture, and then. That energy stays with the picture? Yeah, it stays with the picture. It's like captured in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so pretty much every time I take a picture of a plant or a flower, I'm capturing, not every time I take a picture, but every time I feel like I've captured this fairy energy, I have to a certain degree. Yes, you have. You have captured it point in time. And then, and this is, I guess, kind of interesting because... Um, I hope this doesn't contradict what I said earlier in the previous podcast, but it seems like this is what they're telling me now. Like whoever's looking at that photograph um, can feel that energy. And um, so like if, if it does something positive to the viewer, then the viewer enhances that energy but not not necessarily with the photograph. You said it, that was the art, but we're talking about the yeah. Most of the work I'm talking about now is the capturing of the 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 plants. Right. And so it enhances it enhances the energy of the actual flower fairy in the plant. Not the photograph, but the flower fairy. Right. So even though the the flower may be dead by that point, you know. Yes, most likely it's dead. But the flower fairy then. Well, there's a. <clears throat> you have to understand also that the energy, like when, say, the cat, say a cat passes on, the cat attendant goes off into the collective. I mean, their energy never dies, mm-hmm. right? The energy's still there; it just gets transmuted into 
a different kind of role. So this brings me to another question about the plants then and the plant fairies. It is, as I watch plants um, bloom, I'm, I'm particularly interested in flowers and the energy they give off. I guess I have, the first question is, are there fairies that are different in flowering plants versus green plants, like in the fa- in the flowers themselves? Oh, yeah, there are. And a lot of flowers have the propensity to all bloom at the same time. Like, I don't know, you know, it's daisy season and daisies are blooming all the earth at the same time, forming these huge grids, sort of, in my understanding, big energetic grids. And these fairies that are all with these little possible daisies, are are they part of this grid, this energetic grid that surrounds the earth? You know, or, or, or are they not that involved in like something as simple as a daisy who might, you know, one stalk, it's a bloom and it's gone? Oh no, they're all involved, right? Except, you know, this, like if you, if you think of most flowers, most flowers are actually smaller than the, the plants that they're a part of, right? Mm-hmm. So the flower fairies would be kind of like really tiny. Um, but it's the tininess of themselves that actually makes for their power because each flower has got a tiny fairy. Mm. And if there's if one plant has lots of flowers, that means there's lots of tiny fairies. That's very interesting. So if there's the the grid can be within the plant itself because there's lots of fairies in that plant blooming at once on little blooms. And then if you have grids around the world of flowers blooming. So is there any like amplification of that energy by these grids or by like having a bunch of fairies and flowers bloom at once? Um, yeah, there's, okay, it's kind of like an ebb and flow, right? Um, there's certain seasons when the flowers or particular plants will, will bloom. And that's why kind of like not everything blooms at the same time. And, um, and there's different seasons mm-hmm. around, around the world also. So it's, it's, you're talking about increasing in amplification or just? Well, to have so many things bloom at once. There's a little amplification, but but then it then the the blooms fade away, and so like it, the energy kind of like dies down, dies down. But it must leave something behind, um, a residual lifting of the energy in this world, or not? Um, they like to think so. They yes. like to think so. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> Very interesting. And because there's literally, I mean, it's like trillions of flowers blooming at any one point, right? more than trillions. Um, yes, I mean, something is definitely happening. So back to houseplants for just a second, um, or maybe just to kind of wrap up, is there something that the houseplant fairies would like us humans to know? Be good to your plants, both both inside and outside. Um, talk to them. Communicate in other ways. Send good energy out to them. They're your friends. Um, we're your friends, meaning they're okay. They're telling me we're your friends. And if you grow things like herbs or vegetables, hey, they want to be eaten. So go, go ahead and eat them if you grow them. Of course, <laughs> eat them if you grow them. Mm-hmm. Can fairies actually increase the energetic? value of the plants that uh, that you're eating like you know if there's a oh whole bunch yeah of, sure you know a whole um, bunch of fairies around a carrot is going to be a much higher vibrating carrot 
Yeah. And well, okay. Okay. You're not going to get a whole bunch of fairies around a carrot. I mean, you're going to get one fairy, right? Mm-hmm. You can't like, there's not going to be more, you can't make more fairies per carrot. So it'd be per, like per carrot just to increase the right. vibration. But you could, you often have a But you can make the fairy happy, the existing fairies happier. Okay. Okay. But like, and, and how do they, how do you make them happier? Yeah. Do they like little garden um, ornaments? Um, yes. Oh, okay. Now, depends, right? Um, you know, I mean, depending upon circumstances, right? They do like to be eaten, but some some of these eaters, they kind of like view as pests, mm-hmm. kind of, right? Ugh, like birds, or they will peck at the seeds, uh, squirrels, chipmunks, um, well, okay, they don't really view them as pests, right? Because they're existing with them. But they feel that sometimes the birds and squirrels are not actually treating them very nicely. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I know from experience of growing lots of vegetables that sometimes a squirrel will come and take one bite out of a cucumber. <laughs> yes, I know. And uh, or... They hate that. They hate that. <laughs> Plant fairies hate that. That's, no, that's why they're saying they're pests. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, is there any last messages? Um, last messages from the plant fairies. Or are, last few messages? Um, well, we're all out there. We're in the plants. We're in the trees. We're in the flowers. We're in the soil. Um, um, notice us. Communicate your gratitude to us in some way. And we will do the same to you. So. All right. Thank you, plant fairies. And thank you, cat attendant fairies and a little nod to the dog attendant fairies. We didn't really talk to, but I'm assuming they're going to be similar to the cat fairies and what they do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I think we have a few more fairies on standby for next podcast. Yes, we do. Okay. We have um, some of the fairies in my house, which are a little bit different than the repelling fairies in Karen's house, although I seem to see some repelling fairies in my house also. But there's also uh, the, the, the house gnomes that are in a non, a non, or a country, a house in the country, um, actually on Chincoteague. So, and they seem to be quite different than, than the fairies that we've talked about already. All right. And that we've talked with. Sounds cool. Can't wait. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Karen. Yes. <laughs> thank you, fairies. Yes, thank you, fairies. That's all for this episode of the 1 to 9 Podcast. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for our newsletter at 1to9podcast.com.